Hey everyone, welcome back to Mercy Talk. This is Melanie Wise. And this is Jen Otero. Thanks for joining us again today on Mercy Talk. If you have been tuning in this month, you'll know that we've been talking through just the area and the topic of vision, Mm -hmm. um, which we just love because honestly, it impacts everybody. It's not one of those offshoot kind of topics. It's one of those that really hopefully speaks to everyone. And so hopefully you've been enjoying it up till now. And today we're really going to be turning gears as we, this is our last one of the month on vision. It's a little sad. I know. We'll be chatting through just the importance of persevering or having Mm -hmm. that perseverance in our vision. And once again, we are excited that Miss Brooke Keels has joined us. (laughs) Surprise! Surprise! She's back back again. (laughs) Never going away. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I love it. So as always, Brooke is our Executive Director of Counseling Services. Yes. I'm not reading that. I'm actually just trying to pull it out of my brain. Mm -hmm. So she does many, many things and has so much insight. So Brooke, thank you again Mm -hmm. for joining us. Yes, this is amazing. Thank you for having me. Well, today, I think just to kind of lead into our conversation, it's important to to note that I think we all probably would agree that an actual God vision is something that is way bigger Mm -hmm. than what we can do on our own, that we can do in our own strength or abilities or resources. And it's going to take God really stepping into that in a powerful way. Really, it's more like us stepping into his vision, mm-hmm. if we can be honest about it. But it's really going to require a, a huge partnership and him providing and being faithful to lead us in the next steps and opening the right doors. Mm-hmm. And we, I think we all know that cognitively, right. but I feel like sometimes when the Lord gives us a specific vision or a specific dream or a specific call on our heart, we will typically in our excitement mm-hmm. about it yes. be like, okay, thanks for that. God, I got it. And like, just start running and like trying to make it kind of all come together and happen ourselves. I mean, I am mm. very guilty of this myself, yeah. mm-hmm. but just, I knew it was from the Lord and I got so excited about it that I just wanted it to happen now. Like, and let's go. Here yeah. we go. Let's see how quickly we can make this all come together. And I really did struggle with a lot of just control over it, trying mm-hmm. to, to make it happen. And I would just venture to say, I'm not alone yep. in that one. Well, I'm thinking even now of a story in my own world, probably I think six or seven years ago, I think that was the season the Lord started to download to me just more of the vision. I kind of had always known I want to help people. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I think at that point I just finished my master's degree. And so it was just a season of like, okay, what's next Lord? And he just started to show me some really cool things in the future. And I look back now and I laugh at just my immaturity because I was like, okay, God showed it to me. So it's happening next week. So therefore (laughs) I need to get lined up. I got to get some books read. You know, you go, you get into like go mode. Mm -hmm. Like it's an assignment. Yes. Like, okay, now I need to get this done for God and (laughs) I'm going to set my time limits on it. And as much as we laugh, we all do this to some degree. Mm -hmm. But the sad thing that happened in that season is that in my immaturity, I started getting before God. I started putting my own time limits. I put my own expectations based on what he had shown me. But then what happened is probably for a good year, doors just continued to shut over and over and over again. And I started to get really disappointed and really disillusioned of like, okay, did I hear God? Is this really what he had shown me? But what had happened is I took it and ran with it. I didn't stop to go, okay, God, what does this look like with what you're showing me? What is your timeline? What are you asking of me right now? And what happened is I created my own disappointment, but what happened then is I ref- I totally projected it onto him, and I literally walked through probably six or seven 
month period where I didn't know if I heard from God. Like it really Mm -hmm. messed me up in my relationship with him. And I didn't understand at the time that I had actually caused that myself, Mm -hmm. but I started to blame him and got frustrated with him and really disappointed. And I remember in that season, he showed me very clearly. He said, Jen, if you don't deal with disappointment, what happens is it creates disconnect. And if disconnect isn't dealt with, you then end up in a place of hard heartedness. Mm -hmm. That's where you find people that don't trust God and have all this bitterness and anger and angst towards him and towards the church and towards different situations. Often I believe you can kind of go back to a place of disappointment that crept in that wasn't dealt with. And it just started to Ugh, just get Eat funky. Away. Exactly. Yep. To the point where suddenly relationship and trust and belief in God's true character is just obliterated. Mm-hmm. And so I'm grateful for all that I learned in that season, but it's really funny to now look around and to see that I'm doing some of those things that God spoke to me about then. It just wasn't next week. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Long, no, dramatic pause. <laughs> no, I just, no, I was just thinking so much, kind of two different things. One, if you're a person that, you know, most of us, especially here at Mercy, um, are go-getters. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you give us a topic, we're, you know, assignment, whatever, we're after it. Yep. And that's so great. But what I have learned from me and then just through counseling and different things mm-hmm. is that what makes you very successful in the workplace is not necessarily what works with the Lord. Right. Mm. You know, he's not giving, you know, there may be times he's, you know, giving you a specific assignment. And so it gets very confusing when you're one who is just like, I can do this. Yep. I will run with it. You know, <laughs> I'm the one that's putting 80 hours in. I'm the, you know, like all of that. And we're so proud of that. And just kind of where you can stop and shift and say persevering with the Lord may not look like perseverance through you know, work, school, right. um, situation, yep. you know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so perseverance with the Lord is communicating with him, talking to him, you know, what do I need to do? Cause I am the same exact way. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, if I hear from the Lord, then all right, you said, you know, everything <laughs> should be read. Give me 24 hours and everything will be read. Right. Mm-hmm. Like every, you know, <laughs> what? No yep. problem. You know, like, what shade do you want? Lord? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which one do you want? We're after it, you know? So, and, 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 you know, so for the people that are, are like that, and then the other side is that it can become so overwhelming mm-hmm. and you mentioned disappointment. So what happens is we have disappointment, which is always going to be a thing because mm. that's where life, growth yeah. happens. It's life. Mm-hmm. Um, God has given his people dominion over their homes and their lives. So there's hurt and there's sorrow and there's all of that. But what happens is we let that disappointment sit in mm-hmm. and it takes root. It becomes bitterness, fear, you know, anxiety, just all of these things. Yep. And so then we just don't know what to do with that. And again, it's going to go back. How do we persevere with the Lord, right? right. So we'll fight through, again, working that 80-hour week. I'm going to use that as an example because that's my own issue in the past <laughs> I've been delivered from. <laughs> so, you know, so the way that can be for those of us that really want to fight through things is that you have to persevere being quiet, listening, yeah. building mm-hmm. your relationship with the Lord. So it just looks different. Mm-hmm. And I don't think for those of us, especially if you were raised in the church, right? A friend of mine likes to use the term Protestant work ethic, right? which I had never heard. <laughs> and be, you know, being a preacher's kid, you're like, whoa, new church phrase. I haven't <laughs> heard that one. You know, but if you've been raised in the church, like that was it, right? You work mm-hmm. for it. I mean, yeah, God's grace, but really yeah. right, you'll work for it, right? And so coming back to, there, those are two different 
different things. You can work two different things, labor to rest, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why I think that's very confusing mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Like, how do I labor to rest when it's defined as exhaustive effort? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And I feel like that rest just so equates with just that, that patience. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I think just when it comes to this, this inability for us sometimes to wait and to persevere and to press through, I don't know, as we've been talking, I've just been thinking about how there is kind of this unsaid expectation in the culture of the church for a lot of people that you are created to like do this huge, amazing, mm-hmm. like earth shattering, change the world thing mm-hmm. where you are going to have this huge platform and thousands of lives are going to be affected and people are going to be so amazed at what you have done. Like, right. I think there's this thing that kind of creeps in and some people end up with a big platform and people could say like, yeah, all their ministry affected thousands and thousands, but like not every human That's being right. is going to be able to do that. And not every human being is called to that. And if you're, I mean, we say this a lot, but I'm like, at the end of the day, if you're, if the vision that the Lord has given to you and if, if what you end up doing with your life is that you have a home that is welcoming and loving Mm -hmm. and you raise your kids well and maybe it's a it's a refuge for other kids in your kids lives to come and be loved on in your Mm -hmm. home and that is the vision yeah your name may not be in newspapers and on websites and like you may not be famous in the eyes of the world but like you carried out your vision and the lord's vision for your life well and it's not small it's so good Uh, and so anyway i say all that to say i think that part of the reason is that sometimes we get a vision and i'm just gonna get real and honest Mm -hmm. for me when i originally kind of felt like i had this like vision of what i wanted to do and what the lord had for me, it was a little bit about my mm. name and my own <laughs> need to do something really big and awesome yep. and great and kind of like there was a part of me that, you know, people would say things to me like, man, what's the Lord going to do with your life? And I'm like, oh my word, like people are expecting something. And so mm-hmm. I've got to be able to report back to them. Like, here's all the thousands of lives that are being changed totally. because of what I'm doing and what the Lord, and can you believe and the dream, you know, like I had this thing in me that I don't know I would have recognized at the time, um, but I just wanted to be. I just wanted to have a really cool, awesome yeah. story about the amazing, huge things that the Lord did and books that I wrote. And, you know, like just mm-hmm. that was a it was me. It was really more probably about me than anything. I still think the vision was from him, but I had some bad motives underneath right. it that needed to be worked out. And honestly, the weight for me was about him doing some major refining of mm-hmm. my character that if I had allowed that to continue to grow in me, oh my word, it would have just gone really bad. And and so I think for me there was this there was a specific year that I remember I'm like I had this vision and it's like years and years and like they keep right. passing and I am nowhere even remotely close to this vision that I had and I'm like Lord I think I'm following you and I'm doing that next step thing you know like I'm, I'm listening to you for the next step and I'm following it and I am nowhere closer to that mm-hmm. vision than I was in fact I feel like I'm going backwards here and I don't have anything awesome to report back to all those people about all the awesome things that I'm doing in fact I'm sitting in an office doing you know like this is kind of where I am with this headspace and I'm getting mad and disappointed and frustrated and I'm like I never heard from the Lord that wasn't a vision from him I'm doing nothing with my life like it was bad Mm -hmm. and I remember a specific year looking back and just at the end of the year going like what 
a waste of a year this was. This was a waste of a year. I got nowhere closer. I'm doing nothing that I love doing. I'm nowhere in my giftings or passions. And I remember the Lord asking me to look back on that year and remember that he doesn't waste anything. And he really challenged me to say like, what, what have I been doing Mm -hmm. that you've been missing this whole time? That year that seemed like such a waste to you. Like, can you believe that I've actually still been working even in the vision that I've given you? And so I started looking back and I'm like, oh my word, that pride stuff. Mm -hmm. He was like ripping to shreds during that year and the humility that was required and the need to not be a big deal. Right. Like, all of a sudden that kind of had just fallen away and I didn't realize that it happened. But like all of a sudden I didn't care about my name being anything special mm-hmm. or being some big deal or being able to report back to people all the amazing, like that had really kind of fallen by the wayside and I didn't even know it. Like mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it happened. Yeah. But in what seemed like a waste of a year for me on this journey was probably one of the most pivotal years yeah. of the journey because he needed to wipe that crap out. Out. And uh-huh. so I just encourage people with that. Like if you feel like you're just like spinning your wheels and getting nowhere in your dreams of vision, like, man, you have no idea what the Lord is working under the surface yeah. that will be pivotal yes. to you fulfilling that vision. Yep. So. No, I love that because he gives you the vision and then, you know, as my Louisiana term is, he's going to line you out mm-hmm. for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if somebody hears that he's angry, don't, I don't mean that, yeah, you know, yeah. but he's going to, to prep you for it. Yes. Um, and then however quickly we catch on to it, mm-hmm. right? So yes. I'm always like, Lord, teach me the lesson very quickly. Yes, that's let right. me, let my eyes be open mm-hmm. because it's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. it is. And, you know, we always have the joke like in counseling, mm-hmm. you know, is if you continue to have issues with your friends and it's seven different people and you're the only parent, maybe <laughs> you're the problem, maybe right? You're the variable. Kind of thing. And so, and that's okay. Like, and I say that is because you can't change the other people mm-hmm. in that example, right? You can deal with you. And this is that same thing. So if you find yourself like, you know, in this year, all right, you know, am I missing something, Lord? Mm-hmm. You know, show this to me. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, and so that's what I've always now in my life, I'm like, can you teach me very quickly? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll can it not hurt? Like, I am <laughs> looking and I am listening. <laughs> but it is those, it's those seasons that feel like you're the furthest away from the vision. Yes. That I, I genuinely yes. believe it's those seasons that he's either uprooting things mm-hmm. or he's building foundation. And it's always in retrospect, I think, especially in our humanity that we look back and go, oh, Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you've even said, Mel, that season, as you were starting to get out of it, you were like, I don't even know if I want to get yep. out of it because I want to make sure that I, I have everything, everything. Yep. that I don't leave this season without carrying out the foundation. And I've been reading a book that I just, I actually ran across it the other night at church. It was one of those funny moments. I was walking out of church and I felt like the Lord was, we had a guest speaker and the Lord was like, I need you to buy that book. And I was like, I hear from the Lord, but for him to tell me to buy a book, I was like, sweet. No idea what the book was about. It's actually by Banning Leapshur. I think I'm saying his last name correctly. Mm -hmm. He's the founder. I know. He is the founder and pastor of Jesus Culture and the book is called Rooted. Yes. Yes. You would think that wonderful. No kidding. (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful speaker. Like he just did an awesome job. He didn't even speak about this at church the other night. But as I got the book, it's literally called Rooted, The Hidden Places Where God Develops You. And it talks all about, he takes the story of David specifically, but he also kind of tips his hat to Moses and Joseph and all these biblical characters that when you look at their lives, They had 20, 30, 40 years of preparation Mm. and foundation building and weeding out and... I mean, just chilling in the desert for 40 years with sheep because that's what was needed in order for Moses to then lead a million people. Yeah. A million people. But 
are we willing? I think is what mm-hmm. he's really referring to is like, what does it require of us in our seasons to settle in and to trust that in the seasons that feel the farthest away from the vision, that there's purpose, that God doesn't waste anything, that there's foundation that he's building in us, that if we try to run out of or rush through or sidestep or just completely miss, we will not have within us what it takes to carry the vision yep. and the true purposes that he has for us. You know, we always want to quote Ephesians three twenty and 21 that, you know, the visions that God has for us are greater than we can ever ask or imagine and all these cool things. And that's wonderful. But the reality is if it's a God vision for our lives, we cannot carry it unless he actually prepares us well. Yep. We will be squashed. And I think that we sometimes miss out on that place of that perseverance in the vision is that often there are those places that the Lord tucks us away or he deals with our pride. Or I can even think of the seasons the Lord's like, you're trying to perform for me and that's not what I've asked you to do. I'm actually proud of you Mm -hmm. simply because you're my daughter, not because you have to prove something to me or do this all right. Like at the end of the day, when you just do dishes and clean your house, I'm as proud of you as I will be in anything else that I have you do. Like, I think we all carry these different things that God has to work out of us. And so this has been a really, really, really good book in that regard of going, wow, Lord, help me to recognize those seasons that I'm in. And he talks about, even as a teacher, that there was a four-year period the Lord had him overseeing like a ministry school or something. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, I'm in ministry. I'm doing this administrative thing. I'm like putting out fires. I'm like, and it was like, he realized for four years, he's like, I am not in my wheelhouse. This is not what I enjoy. This is not what I was even created to do. I don't get it, Lord. But now down the road, he looks back. He's like, I would not give up that four years for anything because it deposited things in me that if I did not have now, I would not even be remotely in the same ballpark as where I need to be to carry what God has me doing. And, and not so, just like skills and abilities, exactly. but like heart, heart character, character stuff, stuff. Yeah. which yeah. is way more important. Yes. Well, yeah. and I'd like to just kind of draw that line there because what I think a lot of people hear when you talk about being in the desert mm-hmm. was like, God is angry. He's right. keeping me out here. And that is not it. Mm-hmm. Right. If we remember they kept doing things right. that involved but staying it, out there and wandering yes. and doing. Now, was he prepping? I mean, he was bringing, you know, all mm-hmm. of these men of, you know, just bringing them up and what he was showing to Moses and revealing himself and, you know, all of those things. And so what what I don't want people to hear is I'm being punished, mm-hmm. right? It, so I would like to kind of reframe that to you're being prepped. Yeah. Right. So when you feel that desperation, especially if you feel like, but I've been in this desert mm-hmm. for 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, I've been and right. And what kind of the phrase like painting pictures of Egypt, all of a sudden we're like, wait, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we could go back, you know, mm-hmm. but that's when, I mean, miracles were happening and all of that. And they were missing mm-hmm. those miracles, you yeah. know? And so, and, and it just goes back to recognizing that in your life. Like, he is doing a good work. This is not about a punishment because you didn't get it together or haven't recognized or anything like that. Like Mm -hmm. this is for your good and his Mm -hmm. glory, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at those stories, like he talks a lot about David in the different seasons that he had to walk through before he ever became king. He was anointed king as a 12 year old. Yeah. 
he wasn't king until he was like 35, I think. So that, that long season of preparation, God wasn't upset or angry with him mm-hmm. by any means, but there was just a season of needing to walk through. He talks about the secret place just as a little shepherd boy mm-hmm. that he just, he got to know the heart of God. And then he moved into this crazy season where he's running from Saul and he has like 400 men that show up and say, I want to follow you. He's like, sweet. Now I'm going to be the leader of 400 men. And we'll you know, in some caves exactly. And, <laughs> and run for our lives. Yeah. It'll be awesome. But yeah. all that the Lord foundationally put in him that yep. prepared him for the calling. And the author even talks about that. He's like, just think about all that David carried. Like the Psalms that he wrote, we still sing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, talk about a vision for his life that David, I mean, of course, had no concept of what that would look like. Thousands and thousands of years later, we're mm-hmm. singing the words that he wrote. Mm-hmm. Come on. That's, that's some foundation that needed to be built. Definitely. You know, it's so cool. Well, let's yeah. be sure that we give practical yeah. takeaways. <laughs> we are very yeah. passionate about mm-hmm. the practical takeaways. Do you guys have some ideas of just things that we can give people as they go from here? Well, I think, as I've talked about, I think it's the first one that comes to mind for me is always choosing to seek Jesus before the vision. So if I have Jesus as number one, the vision is secondary. And so the vision then will always be led by the Lord. And it's not like I've, we've talked about this whole time that I have to run after this and I have to make it happen and I have to control it. I know that when I am trusting and I understand who the Lord is and how much he loves me, no matter yeah. how good I'm doing, no matter how great of a day I've had, his love does doesn't change. If I have that heart to heart connection with him, I'm going to be that much more lined up to recognize the season I'm in, to see the vision he has for me and just to partner with him well as I walk that out. So really getting to know his true character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think too, just creating a list of truths about who he is and Mm -hmm. about what he says about you. We've talked about this several times, just since I've had the pleasure of getting to be a part of these conversations that it all goes back to a lie. Yeah. So if you're feeling that hopelessness, you're feeling that despair, you know, whether it's with him, you may be angry with him, Mm -hmm. you may be angry with yourself, whatever that is, just use those truth statements to every day. Right. Every day to remind yourself and also ask kind of where you've agreed with that lie, whatever that is, yeah. you know, whether it's that I'm not, I missed my chance, <laughs> this is out, or I'm currently, you know, God's left me and, you know, whatever it's going to be. Um, I just really think it's so important to function in those truth statements mm-hmm. every day. Who is he and who does he say you are? So yeah. good. And I would just add to that, that, you know, something that I did during that season of waiting was that I had to create a list of statements about him yeah. because I was so disappointed and so frustrated with him. I was like, why would you do, why would you give me these dreams and then just send me to this like Completely. corner of yes. a little bitty office where I don't do anything that's remotely close to what you, you know, like I was so frustrated and, and hurt and bitter and scared and all of that with that. And so I had to, I had to keep a list of truths about him mm-hmm. and his character. It's so good. And I had to keep going back. Like even when nothing around me is making an ounce of sense, I know one thing that is true and mm-hmm. that is this. And I had that list with me all the time. Um, and so I would definitely encourage you to do that. And I would also just encourage you to ask for, ask for that perspective on that season that you're in. Lord, mm-hmm. like we've said, like I don't want to miss a thing. I know you don't waste a thing, so I sure don't want to waste any right. of these seasons that I'm in. I don't want to just like coast through this hoping that I'll just be able to get out on the other side. I want to get everything out of this season that I can. So, what are you doing? Right. And he will show you. I just mm-hmm. believe that he's too good to just be like, no, I'm not going to give you any sort of so hope true. or anything in the middle of this season. I'm going to show you really what it is that I'm at work in you because I will say, like you are already mentioned earlier, when I got a hold of that, 
I was all of a sudden like, I don't even know if I want out of this right. season now, which was the weirdest. <laughs> like, I hate this season. And then like a couple of days later, wait, I don't know that I want to rush out of this. Right. Because I can see now the big stuff you're doing in my heart that I have. It's pivotal for mm-hmm. me. in this. So those are just a couple of things I would yeah. encourage. I would say the last thing, too, is to make sure you keep the conversation going. Because I think, I mean, in any relationship, when I'm mad at my husband, the last thing I want to do is talk to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think the reality is in that is that when we begin to shut down the conversation, the Lord has has very little room to speak back to us or show us his perspective, especially. So I think it's two part. It's continuing the conversation with him, even if that means you're hollering, like whatever it Mm -hmm. takes, but like, Lord, I don't get it. And I need to hear from you. But in addition to that, I think it's also having conversations with the people that know you best, that know your vision, that love you, that have a voice in your life to say, you need to just get over yourself or let's look at it this way, but really keep in the, and don't just kind of turn in and feel sorry for yourself and stay disappointed. Yeah. Get out after it and continue to have the conversation That's and good. let the Lord speak to you. Even if you don't want to hear from him, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Put your feelings aside and let him be God yeah. and see what he has to Absolutely. show you. I feel like, I feel like there's a million things still running through my head <laughs> that we could cover with this, but we are definitely out of time for today. And I don't know, I would love to just continue this conversation with people. You know, mm-hmm. there's different ways that you can connect with us. And we've been asking people to send us suggested yes. topics for the, the podcast. And so we want to remind you that we would love love to hear from you. We would love to know what's on your heart. What are the things that, I mean, there's been series, entire series that we have done Mm -hmm. on this podcast because people suggested it and are wanting it. So email us at mercytalk at mercymultiplied.com. We would love to hear from you, not only on topics that you would suggest for the future, but also just any feedback that you have on this topic of vision, or if there's specific things that have kind of stirred up for you, or you're like, wait, you said this, but I don't get it. Mm -hmm. We would love to just continue this conversation with you. And we are really excited about where we're headed next month. We are going to, first of all, next week, we're going to be giving you kind of a, just an update on things that have going on, have been going on with outreach, things that are coming up. We are so excited about just different things that kind of the Lord's given us some vision for, Mm -hmm. um, specifically with outreach, but we're also going to be venturing into a very brand new topic next month that we're excited to talk with you about. So be sure that you join us then.